You see it? What? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's wow. weird, huh? What are you talking about? You look like a celebrity. I do. Hello, and welcome to the Cold Bow Podcast. This is Jake, and I'm here with my cold bros. What's up, guys? Hey, man. Hey. Dude, you just you had were, an hour-long conversation about the you are, you are so selfish. You waited until somebody stopped talking to you. And you're like, no, people need to talk to me. So you started the podcast. I don't like the top of the conversation. Hello. Hello. <laughs> you guys didn't pick up on that the last two years that we've been doing this? No, is that really? But that's how that's how I come into the podcast. As soon as the topic changes. As soon as soon as soon right, as you guys, if, as soon if as you you guys bore me in the pre in the pre conversation. <laughs> if you don't feel ready, just distract him with something. We'll talk talk about something else. Okay. Stroke as we go. <laughs> So we got all four of us. Though. All right, that's Reese, a, thanks for hosting. That, that's exciting. Uh, <laughs> you know, all four of us. Hey, thank you, you for, it, guys. Thank you for Eric Busby for coming on last week. That was pretty cool. Yeah, dude, his, his stories are wild, and they like the way they like bled into each other. Yeah, yeah. Like Mario, yeah. and then uh, you know, I was on a I, I was on American Idol, but in the Philippines, I'm like what? I, I felt bad jumping into Chumba Wumba because I was like, <laughs> we could just do an episode on on Eric because his stories were so cool, and he was just it was it was great. So yeah, he's we'll a good have, sport. We'll have to have him on again to tell him more stories. We'll just at least it's like yeah. uh, Charlie Murphy stories. We'll have the Eric Busby stories. The we Eric should. Busby stories. Definitely a friend of the pro, of the podcast. We'll have him on the again. Indubitably. Cool. What have you been up to? What's been going on? Um, can I go first? Mm-hmm. Um, I do. I have been watching a show on HBO called The Righteous Gemstones. Have you guys heard of it? Not even at all. Not even at all. Uh-uh. Okay, it's so, like a TV show. Like it's <laughs> yeah, a, it's a series. Okay, it's got. Let me let me list off the names here. So it's got. Um, and I'm gonna mispronounce one of them, but it's got John Goodman. Okay. It's got Danny McBride, and it's got uh, Adam Devine. Devine. Uh huh. Um, and they're all a family of <coughs> televangelists who have millions and millions and millions of dollars. That's so weird. Like, John Goodman and <laughs> Danny McBride look like televangelists. <laughs> John, Goodman, John Goodman is the, is the, 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 the big papa of, of this whole, this whole, uh, what do you call it? This, I don't want to call it enterprise. Uh, and that's not like, it's like this whole scam. I mean, but, but empire, it, empire. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, but they're called the gemstones. They're basically the tip. Empire top. is juicy. Smollett in this show. No, not the French one. Oh, okay. Sorry. This is, <laughs> this is the American HBO version. Oh, okay. sorry. I shouldn't take, I shouldn't take Dave Chappelle's jokes. Um, no, but righteous gemstones guys, it is, it is good. Like seriously, if, if you have an HBO subscription, like check it out. Um, it is, I might have to, cause the last time you told me to, and I dismissed it, it, it was, was like, Barry. Yeah, it was Barry. Yeah. Um, I don't want to talk it up too much, but it's it like in the terms of shows that are right right down my alley, like my cup of tea. This is it. And when I have John Goodman, who is the granddaddy of televangelists, and I have Danny McBride and Adam Adam Devine, who were the 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 brothers who like you know uh, have a little bit of a sibling rivalry over being a pastor, <laughs> over Dude. over broadcasting to millions th- thousands and millions of people <laughs> about <laughs> it's it's hilarious. You say and it's like, your cup of tea. Is it like the boys? Uh, no, it's oh, um, it. See, that's that's different because you're comparing televangelists like 
preachers just, just and in stuff. Just in that same to, vein. I, I liked I liked the boys, but um, Righteous Gemstones. Check it out. It's I. I'm loving it, guys. I, seriously, there's I think two more episodes left in the season, um, and I'm I'm hooked. I oh I'm hooked, <laughs> guys. I'm telling you. <laughs> anyway, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look it up. I haven't even heard cool. of it. That's so weird. Yeah, there's a lot. Of, have you heard of it? No, uh, I think I've seen an ad for it, uh, a preview or something. Dude, John once. Goodman, he's he's looking good, dude. He used to weigh like 700 pounds. But like he, I don't know. He, he looks healthy. Yeah, good for him. He look. He's he does. He's good in this uh, in this series. But he's they're all they're all hypocrites, right? They all they're all anyway. But they have their family dinners and then they fight and stuff. And and uh, and John Goodman will get up and he'll like he'll like throw his napkin down. His family's an abomination, and he'll just walk. <laughs> Doctor <laughs> Eli Gemstone. Yes, that's awesome. Doctor Eli Gemstone. And uh, anyway, and so the first episode. Let me just give you. Let me just give you. Uh, Where is this at? HBO. HBO. Let me just give you a, a premise of the first episode. So this isn't a spoiler. Uh, this happens in the first like five, maybe ten minutes. <laughs> so the very first ep- very first scene is they're in China baptizing five thousand people in a wave pool, and the wave pool accidentally starts turns on <laughs> while they're trying to baptize people. Anyway, the in the first like so many minutes of the of the episode. Uh, oh, so the comedy is blasphemy. Yeah, that's what. Okay, it, it, it's so so. Uh, but in the first five minutes, uh, Danny McBride is a televangelist. Yeah, they call it pretty much blasphemy. It's on HBO. What do you expect? So, so yeah, I'll probably like it. So in the first five minutes, Danny McBride gets a text from an anonymous number, and it's a video of him snorting cocaine and 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 hanging out with prostitutes, and so like he's Banging being whores. He's being blackmailed, uh, and he but he's like this huge. Uh, oh, he wrote the name. show. Yeah, he's a he's a he's a writer creator. Um, he's he he's good, dude. Yeah, like he wrote the Halloween movie from last year. He, he oh, he did. Yeah, wow. wow. And he, like his guy, like the Pineapple Express guys, made that movie. Wow, that's cool. So, yeah, he's a good writer. He, uh, I've always liked Danny McBride. I always felt like he was kind of poorly typecast, not poorly, but typecasted into these, all these different roles and he can't get out of that. He's but a good this, like, hype man. This role movie. is perfect for his typecast, but also like, does he make of, ramps? Um, <laughs> you should have to watch. Oh my God, i build ramps right now. <laughs> <laughs> you see what you're doing? You're making tears come out of my eye hole. <laughs> no, I'm guys. Oh guys, I, you need to watch this show. We need to talk I'm about excited. it. I'm excited. I want to check it out. Yeah, <laughs> That's cool. Um, anyway, that's, right on. That's what I've done. Leave it up to you, Chris. All right, so let me tell you a story really quick because this is uh, – I've got a problem, guys. I um, was recently I, – I upgraded my – The cure my, is more cowbell, by the way. Oh, thank you. You've got a disease. Thanks, I, thanks, I upgraded my uh, my Mac. I, I use it for school. It's, it's an old model. I, I upgraded some stuff on it, which made it possible for me to even download the new OS because I'm using one from like 2000. 11 so like mm. it's i'm very limited in what i can do on that thing and it's making it hard for school so i up i pushed upgrade and then it said this will take 76 hours and i was like oh my gosh like i just screwed myself like I had, I had to go to school right so i opened up my laptop which is newer but it's not as powerful it doesn't look as nice um just kind of using that i realized that i bought a game uh, on a Steam sale, I'd never played it because like, it wouldn't work on my Mac. My Mac, the game's called Divinity: Original Sin Two. Um, I was like, I, I want to play this, but I can't, so I just kind of dismissed it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just booted it up. I was like, I'll just play this while uh, my computer's upgrading. And eighty hours later, 
<laughs> 80 hours the later. computer is still upgrading <laughs> it's still upgrading but this game might be one of the best games i've ever played in my life what kind really? of gameplay is it um so it's it's a D style game i know i bring it up a lot oh. but it, it just feels so different than like all of the other ones like you, you have your four player characters uh-huh. you, you can make a character um but they have these six characters in the game that already that are really really well written and the, the the way that they write their dialogue and everything, the way they interact with each other is almost like Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, they just fight and bicker. And, like, I, I'm playing as... You, you, the, the, the Divinity is a long-going franchise. It's from, like, I want to say Swedish developers. Their company is called Larian. Uh, they're an independent studio. They made their first two games through Kickstarter. Well, they're not their first two. Their last two games were made, done via Kickstarter. Um, but this next one, it's, it was just so ambitious. And they're like, we have so much... If, if you watch reviews on it, people are like, this is the best game I've ever played in my life, easily. Um, and it's there's just something about it. Like, it's hard as hell, um, but it's it's like a problem-solving so game. So it's, it's like strategy that keeps... like is that What's the addicting part? I, I don't know. I, I can't explain to you. You have to try it. Because like when you, when you start playing, you have nothing. You're, you're wearing like a potato sack. And so you literally have to build yourself up. So like if you go and get in a fight right away, you'll die because you're fighting guards. Right. And they make that very obvious. Like you can try and then you'll die. Um, so, so it's like starting level one on yeah. in D&D. But, but like in prison, like you have nothing. Oh, so like like the I'm, I'm playing as a character named the Red Prince. The Red Prince is a prick. He is a royal. He's like a, a dragonborn equivalent. He's a lizard. And this is the first time they included other races. Usually you could just play a, a, a human. Right. So they, they tried to they expanded their lore. You can be a lizard. You can be a dwarf. You can be a skeleton. You can play as the undead. And they're awesome because you, you can click on each character and they can kind of tell you their story. And the red like you push play on the Red Prince and he sounds like like the most pompous ass like. Uh, I, I can't even like uh, just a flowery voice where he the only thing he cares about is is fighting wars and orgies like <laughs> that's and so like like uh, just imagine a group of characters around a and d table and the one guy that's just like like the horny bard type of thing that's him but he's a, like a swordsman um, but, but he's a super charming and it's funny character like something about like I want to play as this character but then you highlight the skeleton and you like you push play on his backstory and he's like oh don't stare everywhere I go it's oh skeleton skeleton run mommy ah. he's, and he's, so it's like he's a self-aware skeleton who gets seasick He's, he's like, I don't have a stomach, and I'm. He's right. There's a lot of humor in it. Um, those those but, stupid little uh, character quirks. Yeah, that's that's the best. Part but but they they all are the super deep characters that, and you can like create your own character and say, I choose this background, uh, this tag, and a tag is like, oh, you're really good at bartering, or you're a noble, or you're a mystic, or you're a wizard, or so, like you can. Just make your character. I, there is a game master mode where you as a dungeon master or a game master can go in and create a campaign and your friends can hop on your server and play it while you uh-huh. GM the game. Yeah. So you can write, t- take a data plan and you can write out a session and play it with those guys. That sounds cool. Yeah. It's it's crazy. And they're like the magic system, like 
guys, I'm telling you. So what is, is it PC only or is it? No, it, you can get it on a PlayStation. You can get it on a Switch. You can get it on Switch. And the is, Switch is it, a, is it a new one? When did it come out? It came out in 2017, but they just released a definitive edition. Gotcha. And the definitive edition improved a lot of people's story. They added a lot of every single line is voice acted and really, really well. And for some That's reason, good. they added a character that follows you around. His name is Sir Lorcus, and he is a squirrel knight who rides a skeleton cat as a horse. <laughs> and the skeleton is named Quirkus, so it's Sir Lorcus and Quirkus, and they just follow you, and you're like, you can talk to him. And for, like... Sounds like a Dorcas Malorcus. Yes. That's Latin. Yeah. Um, <laughs> for some reason, too, like, you, I feel compelled to talk as that character would. So he's really snobby and dismissive of people because it's just funny, like, the way that they interact with each other and fight. Um, so I talk to him, and he's like, go away. And he's like, I don't want this rodent falling around. And, he's, and he says, quiet, S.H.I.E.L.D. You were here for one reason only, and that's to protect me from fireballs. <laughs> so he just follows you and hides behind you the whole game. So Super. Oh, my God. You said it's on these other consoles. Is yeah. there cross-platform Yes. Play? That's what I was going to say. Is if you Because I'm playing it on Steam. You can play on your Switch and then save it and then go and pick up on your on your oh really yes so like if you, if you're playing and you wanted to dm or gm or whatever the game and i jumped on my playstation yes. i could play with you yes I, I think the only thing you can't do that on is playstation oh um because they don't like to play games like that but probably probably the xbox though because yeah 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 and it i there's, there's i mean I'm, I'm pitching it to you guys the, the battle is turn-based think like final fantasy where you take turns but think more of like a D map where you set up top-down view of the battle you can zoom in and look at your character super good graphics super cool armor like my my lizard guy is decked out in like gold but if i were to take that armor off of him and put it on somebody else that it would look like different armor for that person um but my i have a girl and her name's losa and i'm just in love with this character because she's just super quirky but i decided to turn her into like a like a water electricity type magic user i didn't have to there's like seven or eight different classes of magic and they all just seamlessly interact with each other right like like uh my my skeleton's a wizard and he'll throw fire down and then fire will stay on the ground right and then um i go to the next grill and i use a water move and it puts out the fire and i was like oh crap i just put out my fire on my battlefield so you have to think of it like a different type of way like you're controlling the battlefield yeah so if i put fire over here and then throw like poison at them it'll explode so you're exploding these people with magic that builds on top of each other so it's kind of like kind of like anthem where you set them up and knock yes, them down like, yes, like yes, yes, you yes. okay cool yeah and then so like problem though is my my lizard is a, a melee user so he was getting lit on fire constantly <laughs> by myself and i was like this sucks like i can't ever use him and then i was like let's see if i can give him uh there's a magic class called polymorph open it up give him some stats in there wings oh he can fly now so i fly over the fire and then i can just charge in and zip around over the top of fire while i'm whacking people down into the fire dude it, it is so crazy how well it's all like seamlessly like blends into each other I, there's there's a ranger character who can summon a wolf and one of the first thing i did is i gave him a skill called tactical retreat and he can teleport somewhere so let's get into a fight i teleport him on top and he just sits up there and shoots down at people um the more you start playing people teleport up there with you so i'm like oh crap like they're following me around so it, it's not easy, but it really makes you... I, I've been rambling forever, but here's another example. You can talk to every animal in the game, and they can give you quests, and they're hilarious. Like, there's... You go talk to a dog, and they're like, ball, 
ball that's like all they say ball and then you can they they have dogs that that chase you and hunt you down when you're in the prison um so i fought this fight they the guy blows a whistle all the dogs came out and killed me i was like crap so i was like i'll, I'll try this again let's let's look at what i can do so one of the guys used telekinesis my guy and i put a big crate in front of the door that they came out and then the door was boom opening and like the dogs couldn't come out because i like broke the system basically but you can hear them like the ball 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 <laughs> you can hear them the whole time fighting like I, i've seen guys they carry around like you know in skyrim you're over encumbered so let's say that you uh, one character can talk to somebody and then you switch over to the other character and you can sneak around this person and put all of your items onto their pockets and then they're over encumbered and they can't move. And then you go back and you start the fight. Right? Like you can just break the game like that. You can you can keep all of your items in a crate. And I've seen somebody like they, they just walk and they whoop zip their stuff with them. And they keep walking, whoop, zip their stuff with them. And then when they get in a fight, they just throw it at the person and it kills them in one hit. There, there's a there's a portal um, magic. They find lava. And they put a portal right there and they just go about their day and play. And then they get to a big boss and they put the other portal above them and it drops lava on them and kills them in one hit. <laughs> it's insane. I, I really like I, the last time I was this enamored with a game was The Witcher 3. Mm. And uh, dude, like every single time I have a free moment, I was like, yeah, I think I'll play. Like it's just on my mind constantly. It's I, I don't know. I don't know if I, if I hyped it up enough. If I sounded excited. Um, you definitely hyped it. Yeah, this game is amazing. I, I don't even know, dude. It's some, something about it is just like really got a hooks in me right now. And, I, and I'm not even halfway because I'm just doing all these side quests. Mm-hmm. I'm getting all this armor and everything. Every, every single thing is fun. Every like Your characters are really well written and they all have interesting stories and they don't have to share it with you. Like you can you can choose not to share it with them. Like one of the... I had, sorry, I'm sorry. I had to go and talk to somebody so he could interpret my dreams, right? And he was like, he's called a dreamer. And as a lizard, that was his goal. That's his objective. Other people have their objectives too. So he's like, the only way I can do it is if I have this like orange. It's a drug basically. So I had to go find him this drug. And then when I came back, there was a, a girl looking at him. And I was like, oh, she's on the cover of the game. So she's one of the characters I can recruit. So I talked to her. And she's like, I'll join you. And then I go back to the lizard and like, hey, I got your orange. And she's like, oh, I know this guy. Can I go talk to him? And I was like, yeah, sure. Because she asked. And you can say yes or no. So I said, yeah, go ahead and talk to him. And then she killed him. And I was like, what the fuck? She killed your lizard guy? <laughs> yes, she killed him because her objective was to kill him. All the characters have different objectives. So you confront her about it. And it was like, say, that's okay. Or like pick her up by her neck and choke her. So I picked her up by her neck and choked her. And then she like tries to twist your arm and you do like a, a skill check basically to see who can get higher. And I got higher. So I killed her and now she's dead. <laughs> like one of the, one of the characters you can recruit in the game, I killed her. So I have no idea what, what her goal was because I haven't played as her. So it's dude, it's crazy. It, it's, it feels like you're just playing at a table with your friends with these characters that have their goals that I, I don't know what they are because their backstory hasn't been revealed to me yet. Interesting. Yeah, mm. dude. Cool. So there you go. I just talked about that for like 15 minutes. <laughs> right on. Yeah, you did. Divinity original sounds really cool too. though. Yeah, sounds yeah. cool. Dude, I, if you guys all got it, I almost I can almost guarantee you'd like it. Maybe not 
because it's not fast paced. Like you really have to think, but it's yeah, it's good. Right on. You what have you been up to, Scott? Uh, not much. Mostly uh, just homework for this. Um, kind of embarrassed to say I finally watched um, Spider Man Far From Home. Oh uh, yeah, which is good. You like it? It's great. I loved Far From Home. <coughs> yeah, that's it took me way. Excuse me, it took me way too long to watch it, but it was really great. I loved yeah. It. Oh yeah. Good wrap up. Jake Gyllenhaal was so good in that movie. Mm-hmm. He played his part so well. I was <laughs> so funny super story. Impressed. Funny story about that. Mara saw a poster for um, Spider Man Far From Home, and she's like, "Wait, the other Spider Man is in this movie?" She thought. Jake Gyllenhaal was to- Toby was McGuire. Toby McGuire. <laughs> <laughs> and I was funny. like, no, that's Jake Gyllenhaal. He's like, yeah, the Spider-Man. Yeah, no, it's Toby McGuire. She's like, it's the same person. Shut up. <laughs> but anyway. That's basically what I've been doing, homework. I've, I've done a lot of homework for this yeah. episode, so, so I'm excited for it. Let's get into it. This episode of the Cold Bow Podcast is brought to you by the Moon and Back Boutique. They are not your typical boutique. They offer the same quality boutique clothing for up to half the price of their competitors. Now, Christmas is coming right around the corner, guys. And if you're anything like me, you put off shopping for your loved ones until the last minute. So don't do that this year. Don't be that guy. Don't be like me. Do all of your shopping in one place and save a ton of money at the same time. It's win-win. You can find the Moon and Back Boutique on Facebook. Just type in uh, the Moon and Back Boutique in the search bar to see all their great deals. Be a bro and do it. I promise you will not regret it. So this episode, um, I had this idea. I haven't, uh, I haven't. I never really did get into, as a kid, I never got into anime or anything like that. I was never really interested in that kind of stuff. And so I never, I always heard people talk about Studio Ghibli Mm -hmm. and I never really um, got too much into it and I never really thought too much about it. And so, uh, but I've always heard about Studio Ghibli. Yeah. And it's mainly, I remember, I think it was 2000 or 2000, early 2000s when Spirited Away came out. Yeah. And I remember th- hearing a ton about it. And everybody you talked see, you about see images from it. It's like, that is stunning. Everybody talked about Spirited Away and it's got the, the no face guy in it. And yeah. I was always like, I, this seems see, you weird. You see him at Comic Con every year. Yeah. And I was like, this is weird. It seems weird. Not my cup of tea. Didn't think that I would ever like anime or Ghibli movies. Yeah. And then I found out that Ghibli was started by one guy. And it's kind of the Disney of of uh, in Japan. Yep. And it was, it was started by a guy named Hayao Miyazaki. Yep. And it, it, it's the Disney of Japan, but they haven't sold out. They haven't sold out. Right. So they, they don't they don't do and sequels just to bring in cash. They like take risks. As a matter of fact, I think thing. Disney has bought the distribution rights for a lot of mm. uh movies i know that when you buy like uh, my neighbor totoro on dvd uh most of them have like walt disney presents <laughs> a studio ghibli movie my neighbor totoro or whatever so um the so I've never really played. I've never seen a Studio Ghibli movie. I've never I've never seen a Miyazaki movie. Never seen any of that stuff. So I figured we'd do and I'd do any. I'll do anything once episode. And this is the first time we've done an Idow in a while. Yeah, it's been a while for an Idow. Um, but so I figured. I and I didn't. I know Chris has seen Ghibli movies in the past. Yeah. Um, 
And because I, I never shied away from anime growing up. Like the first time I saw it, I was pretty much hooked. Like, oh, cartoons were violent. I was like, oh, but I actually have a huge blind spot when it comes to Ghibli movies. Um, like Troy said earlier, they're actually really hard to get your hands on. Well, I didn't um, say it on the episode. I said it when we were talking. Right, we were talking about sure. it. Sure, I was going to point that out. I I didn't get a chance to do the homework for this episode. Um, it's my fault. I started late. I didn't get a chance to like. Hey, you're you're selling your house. <laughs> I, I thank you for giving me an out. Um, <laughs> yeah, I am selling my house. It's a lot of work. Um, as as Scott, as you guys know. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, yeah, it's these movies. You cannot stream them. Yeah. So if you want to watch them, you need even to if you, you want to pay money. Yeah. Even if you, yeah, exactly. Even if you want to go on Amazon and rent it, you can't. It's not available. Yeah. So um, you can just so you know, if you want to watch these movies and follow along with us, uh, you can go to like a library and see if you can find them there. See if you have a friend who has it. Um, I don't recommend this because it's illegal, but you can try to find one of those websites that might might stream anime, um, or you can. You can try to torrent it if you want to. Yeah. I'm not advocating that, but it's just letting you know, you cannot funny, find for, re- for legal reasons. That's it's, a joke. What's funny is that like, <laughs> don't torrent people that are fans of Studio Ghibli and Miyazaki movies. They've known this for a while. Like right. I work, I work at Costco and they, they were selling them and people were freaking out. Like, dude, I got Miyazaki movies. And I was like, that's nice. Like, cool. And I went and looked at them. They were each like $11. Like, okay, um, I'm not going to buy them. And then now, in hindsight, I was like, oh, that's why they were freaking out because they just don't sell them it, anywhere. It's like, it's like um, when when Disney has the vault, they, things come out of the vault, people buy it up. I wonder it's, if it's, for, it's like forced. Um, I wonder if they're going to be on Disney+. Plus. That would, that would be, be really cool. I haven't Maybe seen, that's they why have a, they have a, <laughs> websites will have have lists of all the movies that are coming to Disney. It, if, so you can go look. if Disney owns the distribution rights to them, at least in America or whatever, <laughs> that would make sense because if they're not available to stream anywhere, because Disney's pulling a lot of their content off of other platforms, so they can put it on Disney Plus. Yeah. That would be cool. And that's one thing too about Disney owning the distribution rights is they also kind of have a say in and who gets cast in the uh, English voiceovers. The, the, mm-hmm. the voiceover, the English voiceovers. I have I have the list for each yeah. of the movies I watch watched of the english people yeah or the english uh voices yeah it's crazy, crazy. and they're all wow. and they all do a really good job like like a young kirsten dunce is mm-hmm. kiki and kiki's livery service yep um da- dawson's creek at james vanderbeek james he's in james castle vanderbeek. in the sky dude there, there's like uh uh billy crystal there's liam, yeah. uh, liam neeson i love billy crystal christian bale christian, christian bale, bale. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. i'm i'm really upset i was really looking forward to watching <laughs> Kate some of these movies, especially um uh spirited away and uh Ponyo? Is that what yeah. yeah. Some of the m- my, uh, more popular ones. I was funny, really excited you, to you watch mentioned it. going to the library and I I was talking to my parents <coughs> the other day about watching the about getting ready for this episode and I rattled off the six movies that I've watched and my mom my mom works at the library. She's she and she was like You even have an in, dude. Your aunt works at the library. <laughs> <laughs> my mom works at the library and she was like going, Yeah, every one of those movies that you said are have like Two month waiting lists. Holy crap! At the library, dude. every one of them. Yeah, everybody wants to watch those. About if, everybody wants them. If uh, talk about like Disney, like capitalizing on something that yeah. would be pretty big. Yeah, you know. So, um, if they just and it. I think specifically, I wanted to watch Miyazaki, uh, not just Ghibli, mm-hmm. but it, it, the the movies that are made by because there's like Graveyard of the Butter or the Fireflies. Grave of the Fireflies. Um, That's a which, good movie. Which is a Ghibli movie, but but Miyazaki wasn't involved, um, and so and at least not in directing or writing. Mm-hmm. He he was probably involved in producing. He probably but, drew a few panels. Right, but I. Um, 
So, but I wanted to, to focus on, on the Miyazaki movies and I actually watched, so I watched six movies in preparation for this. I had watched none. And so over the last couple of weeks I've watched, well, okay. So I watched my neighbor Totoro. I watched spirited away. I watched Porco Rosso, Howl's moving castle, um, princess Mononoke and castle in the sky. Okay, yeah, exactly. I watched all of those, including and then Ponyo as well. And Ponyo, mm-hmm. so so and I, I was enamored. Me too. And I was hooked in every single one of them. I'm, I'm not gonna lie, this isn't an insult, but I'm surprised to hear that Scott liked them as much as he did. Really? Yeah, I don't. I don't it's not an insult. I just like, like. Uh, anime like it's kind of a blind spot to some of us not that that's i mean it's if it's not your thing it's not it's, your thing it's not my cup of tea but i was i was looking for it right so so just to hear like i, I don't know i i don't i don't have your your flavor typecasted or anything i was just surprised to hear that you liked it as much so as you but did. my like like jake i i mean we grew up in the same house we didn't i hadn't seen any of these yeah uh, my wife trisha she uh she's loved these a lot of these movies growing up so she's she's watched them and knows about them mm-hmm. um and so I've, I've heard a lot about spirited away ponyo all that um and so i kind of had that going where i knew she liked it so i i kind of was inclined to like them mm-hmm. before i watched it but then like watching princess mononoke i feel like it was like zelda i was gonna say that dude it, it's zelda like, right yeah and like th- that movie came out a year before like ocarina of time uh-huh. and i'm like oh this is where ocarina got everything yeah like uh, breath of the wild is princess mononoke the game it is it just feels like it with with the, the little music. with the little uh sprites or the little yeah. spirit things yeah. and th- th- there's a lot e- even like calamity ganon like the whole mm-hmm. like that it looks it looks like the yeah. the um a pig, for pig. Oh, and, yeah. and Ganon is a pig. He's a yeah, yeah. It's, it's and so like, like the the disease that's 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 in his arm that was blight. on the pig. And the, it, it's just like Ganon. Yeah. In, so yeah, it, I think um, Nintendo take took a lot from. Miyazaki. So something something that I picked up in every one of them, Castle in the Sky, I think was the most different. It, it, that was just, that was the first one too. It, the, fir- it, the first one after they started because Nausicaa Nausicaa was the yeah. first one before or the last one before he created Studio Ghibli, yeah. and then which I didn't watch Nausicaa, but turns out one, I have it. I just didn't watch. I didn't know that one was the last Miyazaki movie he made before he made Ghibli, and then Castle in the Sky was the first one he made in Ghibli. A lot of people his and, his partner Takahashi or something like Takahashi. That? Uh, he uh, he has said that that Castle in the Sky is the best uh, Miyazaki so, movie. So it's the one that is the most different. It, the animation is markedly different. Mm-hmm. Um, the voice acting is very Still different. Everything is everything. The, the whole movie just felt very mm-hmm. different. It, it felt, felt pulpy, like Indiana Jones. Pulpy. Or something. It felt more more anime-ish mm-hmm. than the other ones did. And this I one, mean, this one, I mean, my, my American brain, what I think of when I think of anime, uh, that I think more of castle in the sky than I do of, uh, Howl's moving castle or princess Mononoke. So, so castle in the sky. I just want to see the, the, um, English voice actors is James Vanderbeek, Mark Hamill, Mandy Patikin, and Andy Dick. Anna Paquin's in it too. Anna Paquin, and, and, yeah. and Andy Dick, Andy Dick, Andy Dick. Who does is, he play? I think he's probably one of the um, one of the sons. Yeah, of the, oh, of the, 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 one of the pirates' pirates sons. Um, there was I some other ones. There was there's some crazy names. <laughs> yeah, uh, so weird in that one. In that, uh, who was the um, um, Winnie the Pooh? 
Oh, yeah. Uh, what the heck's his name? Damn it, why can't I think of his name? Anyway, he plays Winnie the Pooh. He plays the big cat dude in the Disney movies. Pete. Um, Pete the, oh, we just he, had him on yeah, the... Yeah. Uh, he, uh, Jim that, Cummings. Jim Cummings. Yes. He's, the, he's the general. Mm-hmm. In, oh, really? uh, oh, He's yeah. the general. Anytime in, you hear that voice, that... Yeah. The street rat. Yeah, that, that. that guy. He. I heard him. I, I heard him, and I was like, <gasps> "Winnie the Pooh." <laughs> but uh, it that, became a game for me with every movie. He's like, oh, yeah. pick out the voice actors, right? And they've had some great, like old, like Lauren Bacall, like old mm-hmm. famous voices and stuff. Um, but something I've noticed, I, I noticed uh, as a theme through every single one of his movies, the animation is beyond beautiful yeah like the background images are literal paintings they yeah. they literally the, the attention to detail dude like painted uh, the first one i watched was my neighbor totoro yeah and there was a scene at the beginning where they had to go fill a pump uh, to prime up they, they had to go pump some water and they had to prime the pump and they went to the river and got water in a bucket so they could go prime the pump and i was looking at it going the way they animated water yeah. In the eighties, in yeah. a hand-drawn animated thing, they animated water, and it looks better than the than than computer stuff. So, it, in fact, as far as computer goes, the they do they in their modern ones they use some computer. Oh yeah, animation. Spirited Away had a lot first, of computer Spirited stuff. Away was the first one. I I think, I think uh, yeah. Princess Mononoke. Um, oh no, yeah, it's right. Princess the, Mononoke was the first. The, one. The uh, they used they used a lot of the computer stuff for the demon mm-hmm. stuff, dude. The, the, the demon worms or whatever. There is a scene in, in Spirited Away, and it's it's not even the most like visually eye catching popping moment, but the the dragon Haku mm-hmm. grabs Chihiro by her hand, and he's like, "Come with me," and he runs. And they just they're just running through random things. Yeah. But I, I was just watching it with with the eyes we were supposed to watch it with when you analyze. I was like, dude, he drew like a dusty broom, just like a just broom sitting there as cobwebs on it. A spider is walking across, and they're just running through it. Mm-hmm. Like he didn't have to do all this. It's yeah. like painstakingly detailed picture of them running through something. It was, it was like, and wow. I have notes on every one of the movies I watched, and literally, um, every one of them is like. Uh, lots of detail in the animation. The technology is better. Animation is much smoother. Uh, realistic actions in the characters. Uh, first image is absolutely gorgeous. Uh, <laughs> the way the creatures move in this movie is fascinating. Uh, that, that can apply to every single movie. More traditional too. animation, like everyone, like that. Those are my first notes. That that was literally the first line in every single one of yeah. all my notes. Was look at how stunning these images are. And, and throughout the entire thing, I remember watching Spirited Away and just being blown away. And I think the most visually eye-popping one Sorry. I can't decide if it was Princess Mononoke or Howl's Moving Castle that, that one had a lot of CG both of those like the, the they both like exploded my brain yeah. with how just watching it just going this is some of the most visually stunning uh, so stuff colorful. I've seen we're, we're so late to the party too I know, I know. it's funny because People who have seen Miyazaki movies in the like, past are like, I've been telling you this for 25 years. Now, th- this episode isn't for you. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Unless you really want to sit back and pat yourself on the back that you finally got a- got us to watch it. It is. The, they, they've um, been awesome. Yeah, the way that he tells the story with the picture... Like you could, you could almost. Ha- I could watch it in Japanese and and probably get the story mm-hmm. right. J- just from like the the rich, 
uh, visual um, storytelling. And it, it goes to show what a great storyteller yep. Miyazaki is. And the, the and weird goes, thing, too, is that, some of them don't have a story. Like there's there's like a that's a theme too is like the lack of a plot. Yeah, the the, the, the first two I watched it was uh, um, let's see, Spirited Away and My Neighbor My Neighbor Totoro, mm-hmm. and, I, and I watched them both and was like, and they they just, they both end really abruptly. It seems like, and like what was that? Like what? What did I just watch? <laughs> as far as like story, like you know what you just watched, like you know the characters and the and the, like how awesome it looked, but the story is so just it's not like a Western type story that you were used yeah. to. So Howl's Moving Castle is the third movie or fourth movie mm-hmm. of his I watched, and this oh, is my, like in what like in and this is my uh, my last note in it is good lord does the end of every one of these movies have to be so damn confusing <laughs> because his the ending of the and I think I was talking to Scotty about this uh, or maybe Chris I can't remember I I don't know if it's my quote unquote Western brain watching the ends of these movies and going is it is it because i'm i'm coming at it from a western point of view like an american point of yeah. view and so these endings are just weird and this may be a, a like an eastern or a japanese style of storytelling and it makes sense to them but it doesn't to me or or are these actually the endings of these actually just kind of like just a ton of WTF moments. Like, well, and it is funny that, that, um, what is it? Castle in the sky. The first one, the first studio Ghibli, that one probably has the most, the most coherent arc. Yeah. One of the most, like the, the, I think maybe Porco Rosso does too, but, but like that one has, a, I thought and, Princess Mononoke had a really good, had a good arc, had a good um, shape to the arc. Yeah. I felt, I felt Castle in the sky was the most, uh, Western. Yeah, me too. Feeling. It felt yeah. like, it felt the most like, I mean, you know, it sounds mean to say, but it felt the most like a movie. Yeah, like that with a preface or with a tag it, on it that, that, I'm, that, that I'm familiar with. I, yeah, that, that, that one with. I felt like I was watching like The Rescuers or or something yeah. like that. I, I felt like I was watching like a, a movie. And that that movie came out like 30 years ago, and mm-hmm. it was like amazing. Like yeah. the when that robot like wakes up and shoots lasers out of his eyes, and it oh moves so crisp, and like yeah. the way that they run away from it, I was like, that could have came out like last year, like. And that's something that like a lot of anime enthusiasts really appreciate is like how smooth, like like uh, animators, like like people follow animators like they would a director or mm-hmm. a video game developer. Like oh that guy who was working on Naruto jumped over to Bleach and you can tell in the way that he draws a fight well, or something. I, I want to po- I wanted to touch on this too if if you don't mind. Yes, I, I unfortunately didn't get to watch any of the films, but I did try <coughs> to do a little bit of uh, research on. Um, Miyazaki. Miyazaki. Hi. I think, I think Hayo, it's, right? I've heard how, but I think it's hi, okay. Hayao. I apologize Hayao. if I'm mispronouncing it incorrectly, but uh, I, I've just I'm just hearing things. Um, but I uh, I read that he has been um, cited um, frequently by people, animators, directors, and writers, uh, people like Guillermo del Toro, um, Glenn Keane, uh, John Lasseter, James Cameron, Steven Spielberg, Wes Anderson. Mm-hmm. Um, you also have he was a huge influence. Actually, it says in here, quote, a huge influence on Walt Disney Animation Studios uh, and vice been, versa has been part of their heritage. Again, I'm quoting here, quote, part of our heritage ever since the rescuers down under in 1990 mm-hmm. uh, artists from Pixar and, um, and Ardman Studios uh, signed a tribute uh, to him saying that he was 
yeah. you are inspiration. And Miyazaki. And Miyazaki's inspiration is Walt Disney. Yeah. So it's crazy. So it, it's this circle. Like but us in Japan, dude, we just share. The, like, the point yeah. I was trying to make is you guys are talking about these crisp animations. You're talking about his uh, his style. And if it looks familiar, again, I can't speak from experience, but if it looks familiar, you're probably because you've seen people who have been inspired by him mm-hmm. or that has inspired him. Absolutely. Uh, and, that, and that's, I think that's what makes him so his movies so uh, approachable for me is the the feeling of what's the word I'm looking for uh, familiarity um, because of that because you, you it does feel like a Disney movie it does I mean Princess Mononoke does not feel like a Disney movie <laughs> Disney movie that I'm, arms I, flying off that that movie the amount of dismemberment in that movie and the demon possession in that movie <laughs> is pretty intense when mononoke is like hooked in that boar's tusks and oh, yeah. her hands are there and you can see the worms going through her hands and bursting out the back of her hands and like going yeah. into her face and i was like oh my god and i was like oh she's dead yeah right yeah spoiler alert btw mm-hmm. um, <laughs> uh, but yeah it was like it churned my stomach like yeah. oh my gosh this is like intense but from the very beginning like um, God, what's the prince's name in in Princess Mononoke? Oh, it's um, uh, Saitama. Th- that's one thing it, because there's such Japanese names. I, there's there's a few, there's very few. Her name, that I her name is Son. Her name is Son. He's I can't. Why, why can't I think of it? Anyway, Hashitaka. Hashitaka. When Hashitaka, Hashitaka is is riding his elk and he's shooting the demon and he shoots it in the eye and then he shoots it in the forehead and all that and it and when he when he kills it and then. It like speaks to the wise woman mm-hmm. and tells her that they're all going to die with hatred in their hearts, and then like it decomposes. Yeah, I remember going, "Oh, yeah, oh, that's a that's a start oh. to a movie, dude." That was, um, that was intense. So, so you guys mentioned something, and I, I don't know. This isn't necessarily like my ace in the hole, but it's just something I wanted to talk about. Um, but my favorite movie of his is My Neighbor Totoro, and I don't know why because i've seen his other ones totoro is a kid's movie right yeah definitely like my kids are obsessed with that movie like i showed it to them um a few months ago for the first time and they just watched it and watched it and watched it and totoro is like their mickey mouse he's their easily most marketable plushy doll to sell toys sure like they they all want to be grayson wants to be a cat bus for halloween we're in the process of making it and Ollie wants to be a big Totoro and Leo is going to be a little Totoro, right? That, uh-huh. That's that's how much that movie resonated with them. But it didn't just resonate with them. It resonated with me as an adult and a father of yeah. children. So some interesting Deep. things about this movie is when I watched it, I was like, wow, I feel really nostalgic right now. And I don't know why because I've never seen this before. <laughs> yeah. And that was his goal. His goal was to make this movie pure nostalgia on paper and he accomplished this with a few interesting things and i i, I don't I think, think the excitement think of any, the children in that movie yeah. for literally everything yeah. uh went a long way in i, doing I don't think any person in the history of filmmaking has really captured like childlike innocence the way that he does especially in this movie yeah um for example that movie takes place in the 40s did you guys know that because i didn't know that I, I had a feeling it was, it was around that, that time. Because that movie is like timeless, right? Like it's all from the perspective. It's all from the perspective of the girl. I think her name is Mai. 
Um, and she's like four, three, maybe three or four. But it's all through her eyes. She doesn't know what year it is. Like she doesn't care. She doesn't know what her dad does for a living. You know, he sits in the office and he writes. What's but, funny is that girl's name is May, May. and the older sister, Sasuke. Her, her her name in Japanese is Japanese word for the month of May. Oh really? So they're both named May. <laughs> <laughs> um. So so anyway, that that's uh like it's all told from the kid's perspective. The older sister, she's starting to grow up a little bit, but she's still at the age where she can like play along with her younger sister's imagination. Mm-hmm. Um, something else I love about Miyazaki is he draws, he, he portrays women, uh, girls even, like in the best possible light. Like they, they're brave and because they're little kids, right? Like Troy, you have daughter. I don't have any daughters, but you know that when they're about that age, they, they like to go outside and get muddy or whatever. Like mm-hmm. they get dirty. They, there's no like gender, uh, roles at that age they're just children yeah, that's even a uh not a it, what is it it's a a tool in music movies people call it a miyazaki girl mm-hmm. yeah like the, and that type of a so because of that character. they remind me of my boys of grayson and oliver like almost exactly because they're about that same age with each other so it, it's heavily implied that them is it my may my the younger one yeah yeah she she created totoro in her head He's the king of the forest. He's a troll is under a bridge because they read a book about it. And I, I, it's, I don't know if she just imagined it so hard that it, they, they both see him like their imaginary friend or something. Um, but he was made in her image. So he is just as childlike and innocent as they are. Uh, and he's not even in the movie that much. But whenever he shows up, it's super special. Mm-hmm. Like he his like uh, his innocence, his like. That like bus stop awe. scene. Yeah. That bus stop when he realizes he can when he realizes he can he can get the drops on the umbrella mm-hmm. to make the noise and yeah. then he stomps on the ground and gets all the drops from the tree to drop and it was like it was this like childlike feeling of magic. Mm-hmm. I was like, what in the world? This is so cool. That when they when they uh when they raise the plants from the I yeah. my whole body was covered in chills. Yeah. And I don't know why. And it the best part emotion. about that is the dad is in his office and he looks out in the backyard mm-hmm. and his girls are playing out in the backyard and he doesn't see the tree growing. Mm-hmm. So did it happen? Did it not yeah. happen? Like, th- was it just in their heads? Is this a Dumbledore moment where it's like, of course it was in your head, but was it any, does that make it not real? Like there was so many great moments in that movie that was yeah. there, there. There's something. And I love how the, uh, the adults, especially in this movie play along with the with the kids fantasies mm-hmm. like that where he doesn't say that spirit doesn't exist yeah. or whatever they, they go to the tree and and thank the tree for watching over him and make him feel welcome you know mm-hmm. and they bow to it and, and that's kind of i think a, a japanese shinto thing where yeah. everything has a spirit and um, miyazaki uh it's it's a child it's a story of his childhood like he he's the boy he drew himself as the little boy in the movie. Oh, that's scared of the, scared yeah. to talk to the girl. Yeah, because he's cause he's obviously has a thing for the girl, but he's too scared to go talk to her. Um, but he's he's viewing them through through his his eyes and just how imaginative they are, like how I don't just how childlike and innocent they are. Um, so that that's the secret to that movie being timeless is like Jake said it. That movie ends really abruptly, and it's weird because the first time there's hints of like an arc or something happening. Uh, you think one of the girls dies and she yeah. doesn't she just gets lost mm-hmm. but when you're that age that's the worst thing ever yep can you like you're you're six and you're lost and you don't know where you are 
And then, so, you, so what do you do? You, you, your imaginary friend helps you, and you don't feel so alone anymore. Like that's, and so there was almost something that happens in that movie, but it didn't. And that's awesome because they didn't die. Whether they were little kids and they just got lost. That that's the that's the tragic thing that almost happened to them. Um, I don't know, dude. Like that movie is told completely through the kids' eyes, and that's what makes it feel so timeless. Is it, it's also a they're departure. unaware of the year or the. It's also a live. departure from the epic adventure because mm-hmm. all his other ones, most of his other ones, are very epic adventure. Right. And this this one, um, and, and I watched this thing about about uh, his life and stuff. And this one was an homage to the Taka. Ta, what's his Takahashi? Takahashi, whatever his uh, his. His mentor or whatever, his buddy. Yeah. That they, they were kind of competing movies in the eighties, nineties. But um, he uh, that that that's he, he liked more of the down to earth, like day to day, uh, type slice, of story, slice of life, slice of life yeah. type stuff. While well, um, uh, Miyazaki liked the big adventure, and so he he made Totoro, my never Totoro as like a homage to his friend. Yeah. And yeah, pretty cool. It was awesome. So, it, so awesome. it, it is different feeling than the rest of the movies. And that feeling that I had, that that like childlike magical feel, I had it in literally every one of his movies. Yeah, every one of his movies that I watched, I, I had it in Spirited Away. Um, uh, Porco Rosso, I loved Porco. That was great. I think it, it Porco was, Rosso it, might be my favorite. It, it one. might be mine too. It, it was very. Um, <laughs> it's also his least favorite. Miyazaki is it? He's like embarrassed by it. <laughs> really? Yeah. It might be my favorite one. It, it's, it's very western. Yeah. Um, it, it felt like Casablanca ish. Yeah. It, it was good. That's exactly what it felt like was Casablanca, yeah. and. Uh, it had. Uh, it's my son's favorite. He he woke up this morning and was like, "I want to watch the pig with the seaplane," and he he fell asleep with the plane last night in his bed. He like he loved that movie. That's, That's awesome. Cool. Um, That's awesome. The it had uh, what's his name? Um, Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton was yeah. pork was Porco and and Meg um, from uh, from yeah Susan Egan. Uh, Susan Hercules. Egan is her name. She's. Meg from Hercules. She's in a. She's in a few of his movies. Mm-hmm. She was. Uh, yeah, she he gets was, a lot of people who return. She was. What's her name? Uh, she was the the, the lion singer. She was Lynn in Spirited Away. Oh okay. Um, oh yeah, yeah. She she's been in a few of his movies. So so uh, bring that one up. Another theme in a lot of these movies is flying machines. Oh, he's obsessed it, with airplanes. It, it, his his dad owned in, during World War Two. He was born in forty one. And and during that time, his dad owned a uh, airplane company or something, and so oh, cool. he, he's been fascinated with airplanes. Well, and his airplanes are always so interesting. Like Porco Rosso, mm-hmm. he, it's all biplanes, but they're they're seaplanes. The, all the me, all the all the military planes are normal. The airplane's engine and 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 uh, propeller Propel. is on the front of the fuselage, yeah. but. All the all the like pirate planes or Porco's plane, the engine is on top of the plane, away, away from the water, away from away, uh, yeah, away from the fuselage. Yeah. It's up on top of the wings, and it's just it's super interesting. And then you had like Howl's Moving Castle and uh, Castle, Castle in, the in the Sky had those like buzzy fly bee that's, wings. That's from Nausicaa. Yeah, that's they had like, those. Bzz, he likes the flying. feeling of maybe maybe his movies are connected. And so yeah. Nausicaa, and if you look at Nausicaa, there's no animals, but there's insects. So they model their planes after insects. So oh, interesting. Yeah. So so, it, so it, it's super. And, and then and then going along the line of themes, the other one is is always industry against nature. 
Oh, that's but, his thing. But it's like it's, ambivalent. He never says which one is evil. Exactly. Well, that, that's, that's something I have that that's, I think really important when talking about Miyazaki <coughs> is that the the bad guys in most of them. There's some of them that the bad guys are always bad, but some of them the bad guys. Most of them the bad guys are are all understandable. That yeah. it, it's they're not the bad guy. It's the idea that's the bad guy. Well, because it's so, hatred. That's so the bad he word. was he was he was pinned as an environmentalist. He's mm-hmm. like, I'm not. I'm a storyteller fantasy so so he was pinned as one and then he said something that kind of pissed him off and he said he said humans have been here uh one percent of the time that nature has been here nature will take care of itself and it's egotistical to think that we are going to destroy nature because we're not we're a blip um so yeah yeah it's it's about if if you um what is it castle in the sky It, it, it felt like um that one also felt like uh um, what is it, Link and uh, Zelda, Breath of the Wind, where where it's like that they had this this uh, really highly technical like ancient society, society with robots and stuff, but then it gets overrun by plants and stuff, mm-hmm. just like that. And, and and so it is. It's it's this technology. Even though you can be as te- technologically advanced as you want, it'll go away, and nature will take it over. Mm-hmm. So, I think. Um it's the industrialism that is the bad that's guy. That's the big one in Mononoke. Uh, but it's in everything. Like, it, it is. When you look at when else. you look at like Spirited Away, it's a little more subtle in Spirited Away and in My Neighbor Totoro. Mm-hmm. Totoro, but but the 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 industrialism is what they're trying to get away from. They're trying to get back to their more natural uh, settings. Well, well the, in, um, in uh, Mononoke, the the prince guy, he says, "Like I just like you guys can both exist, just get along." That and that that's the point I was about to bring up is that Ashitaka is that's that's that that was my favorite character i think in all of his movies was ashitaka mm-hmm. and it's because all the his... strong women and you like the prince <laughs> no dude, like honestly he's a good character his, he is, he is. His... he's given one object sorry i'm sorry go ahead his point in the entire movie is is not we have to help one side win because one side's good and one mm-hmm. side's bad his point is we have to we we have to co co coexist with yeah. each other. We yep. have to get along because if we don't get along, then all the humans are going to die, and that's a bad thing. Yeah. Uh, or the, the, all the nature the, the is going to die. All the, yeah. all the all the all the all uh, the boars and the wolves yeah. are going to die, and that is a bad thing. The, Both would be a crime. We have to make sure everything gets the, the, the sage of the the sage at the beginning that that says you're you're kicked out. He's like, what's what's my objective? And he says to go into the world and not cloud your eyes with hate. Eyes unencumbered with hatred. That's he's he's been. They say that twice in the movie, but that Mm -hmm. is the entire theme of the movie. It really is. And so like when when they were like, uh, I I, the the person that got him infected was the mini driver woman. I don't remember her name. Lady Eboshi. But um, because of her her actions, he got infected, and he's like, my arm, like I would kill you if whatever. If um, it would if it would break the curse, yeah. I would let it beat you to death. But then right a leper now. says, D- "Don't don't uh, judge her too harshly, right?" But then the weird thing is, he's not really talking to him; he's talking to us. Yeah, because like, they didn't show him again to show him reacting to what he said. They just cut back to whatever he was doing. He is an emotionless like vehicle. Uh-oh. Yeah, like, like he's not like a Disney Pixar movie, right? Like he doesn't have like he has flaws or whatever, but he's not there to like. 
he doesn't have like a character arc. He's just the kind of the same the whole time. That yeah. is for us to hear. And then like when you watch that movie, like the 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 wolves, they're not nice. No, like they're, neither are the boars. They, they're, yeah. they're actually just as bad they're as the like, warlord. They're like, hey, we want to kill you. Could you kill some of our wolves? And then they have the women. Like, I really like the women in that movie. Because yeah. They used Ooh. to work in a brothel. So and, much cleavage. <laughs> so, so, so much They used to work cleavage. in a brothel, but now they're there defending themselves with guns in their hands um, because they were brought up. That this is better than working in a brothel. And they're like, yeah, we'd like to have a word with your wolves, too, because they've killed some of our husbands. So in that, you're like, well, who? nobody, neither is right and neither is wrong. It, 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 right. Yep. And, and that's what Ashitaka is trying to say. Neither you coming in as <coughs> as someone who is disconnected from either side. Yeah. Co- coming in as someone who who is truly neutral. He's looking at it, going, "No, no, 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 no. You're you both have good points and you both have bad points. Get along. Find a way to coexist with each other and get along with each other. Because otherwise, you're just going to you're going to destroy each other I, and you're both going to end and up. I dead. really, really like that. Like. Well, I, I saw a picture once and it really resonated with me, but there's there's a picture of a six and a person's pointing to it and it's like, that's a six. Mm-hmm. And there's a person standing across it, no, that's a nine. And they're both right. And they're both wrong. Uh, uh, yeah, well, kind of, they're both right, though. And they're both wrong. So, so you can, so <laughs> in this... But they're both right, Jake. In this parallel here, like, that's kind of what... The, and that, yeah, that's, that's exa- us today. That's at, exactly it. Go turn on Every CNN. time you turn on the news, I feel like I we need Ashitaka in in this world now. Is yeah. like if you if we could just get someone to say get along with each other because otherwise you're going to destroy each other. That's kind of how it feels. Yeah. Now it does. It's awesome. Um, another thing, like we 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 brought it up earlier, but like the names they get. They pull to to do the voice acting in some of these oh, movies. Yeah. We already mentioned Michael Keaton. We've mentioned Chris briefly said Minnie Driver was in Billy that Bob one. Thornton. Uh, Billy Bob Thornton, Billy Crudup, uh, Claire Danes was Son mm-hmm. in that. I really Jada like, Pinkett I like Smith her. was Toki, the mm-hmm. one of the um, ex whores. Jillian uh, Anderson was the mother wolf. Mm-hmm. So um, it, then Scully. you had also. I mean, John DiMaggio was. In <laughs> John DiMaggio is one of. As, he did, he as, did a voice acting job in a in an anime. Yeah, weird, right? Odd. Uh, but that one was. But that's and that's just Princess Mononoke. You have you have uh, so many other. Um, what, what were you gonna say, Troy? Great uh, voices. Not, not really. I don't want to change the subject, but I do have something I want to say. Um, I'm not relevant to the voice actor stuff. So more about the distribution of uh, Studio Ghibli and. Yeah. Is it okay? I I don't want to derail. Um, So I was looking up because, of of course, when you're talking about specifics of the movie, I don't really have anything to contribute. So I'm kind of sitting here like looking up some things. (laughs) Um, uh, Good news and bad news as far as distribution goes. Uh, Disney no longer, as of August 2017, no longer owns the distribution rights for Studio Ghibli. It belongs to which the (laughs) can be good news and bad news. Uh, the bad news is it's not going to be on Disney plus. It belongs to a company called G kids. Okay. Which means, Hey, if G kids, 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 uh, I don't know, but Hey, if uh, G kids wants to, kids are G's. <laughs> if G kids wants to, um, make a partnership or something with Netflix, that could happen. And then all of these could be on Netflix. Another really good news that I just saw when I went to G kids website, uh, is it with a Z or an S? 
S. Okay, good. <laughs> Spirited Away is coming to select theaters October 27th, 28th, and 30th. Yeah, that's something I wanted to say is over the summer, I took the kids to see Totoro in the theaters, mm-hmm. right? Because they... Really? Yeah. Yeah, we, we went and saw a movie. They showed a, pre, a commercial for it, a preview. So this episode... At sh- the time, they were obsessed with it. This episode should should drop, um, if, I'm, if I got my math right, should drop around the 21st, mm-hmm. um, which means that next weekend <coughs> or next next week following... If you're listening to this and you want to go see Spirited Away, you can go see it in your theaters. Um, obviously, select theaters here in Utah. You got the Cinemark uh, Provo University, um, Megaplex, and Jordan Commons, um, Cinemark Draper. So you've got a few um, a few uh, theaters that will show it. But you can go watch Spirited Away in theaters, which I imagine is a probably pretty cool experience. So. So Spirit. good news and bad news. It's not going to be on Disney Plus. Yeah. Could still be somewhere else, but you never know if if G Kids is going to negotiate something with somewhere else, someone else. So so Spirited Away to, to to piggyback on what you said is uh, widely considered to be his his best. It won him an Academy Award, not just in foreign language, yeah, but in best animated movie of the year. Yeah, I read that. Um, it's cool. But that movie, I tried watching like six times and I could not stay awake. There's something about it that puts me to sleep. I love so, that movie. So is that what? Did, what did you guys think of this movie specifically? Because this is—I mean, all of his movies are pretty long. Yeah, but like you're in for at least hour and a half, usually up to two hours. Yeah, um, I think this one's two hours. Or yeah, close two, to. two two hours and twelve minutes. Yeah, it's long, but it is it is really good. I uh, it really fleshed out characters. It seemed like this one. Uh, th- there's a couple that have like lore beyond what you see in the movie, and this one I I really wanted to go beyond just mm-hmm. what the movie showed you as far as the lore and yeah. stuff like that. Um, so that's cool. what I was. Uh, that's one of my one of the notes I made was the mythology and the lore mm-hmm. in in Spirited Away is absolutely fascinating, and I want to know more about it. I want to know more about the bathhouse for spirits. Yeah, and well, and and, and the witch that runs the bathhouse has a has that has twin, a sister. twin sister. You want to learn about her? Yeah, Baba Yaga. and and <laughs> the the. Uh, Lynn, that they hate humans so bad they want to eat the humans. But is Lynn a human? Lynn looks a whole hell of a lot like a human, but she's what, the only other one oh, yeah. in the entire bathhouse that well, looks what they, like. What a they human. said is, is, she's like she needs to eat more of our food, so she stops. So she stops like smelling like a human. Yeah. yeah um, there was some other. Um, I, I like too how each character was never consistent in their attitude. Like the first time she meets the spider, he's really mean to her, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Who is this? Is this a human?" And he's like, oh, that's my granddaughter. Yeah. And like saves her life. Immediately. Um, like yeah. on a dime. And so, but even like the, the dragon, what's his name? Haka, um, the, the dragon boy. Yeah. First time you meet him, he's super caring. And then the next time she bumps into him, he's really cold. And you're like, I can't get a read on anybody in this movie. Yeah. And, and this is, I just coincidentally, I showed my boys Alice in Wonderland the other day. And it just hit me like a sack of bricks. Like, that's what he was doing. This, oh, it's very this much is Alice, Alice in Wonderland. Wonderland. Nothing makes sense. It's not supposed to. That's that's all it was. It was his take on a girl getting lost in, like, this in the fantasy in world. The spirit world. And there's no rules. Like, you don't know who's good. You don't know who's bad. One of the most poignant things in the movie. I said this earlier, but it's ambivalent. When they are on a train and he, she's taking no face to see the witch mm-hmm. and she's on the train and you're like this is really out of place like it's it's not as eye-popping it's still beautiful but it's not as eye-popping as the bathhouse was but really quiet the music's really melancholy 
She has no emotion on her face. The passengers are all shadows, businessmen going somewhere. You don't know where they're going. Yeah. Like, are they dead? Is she dead? Is, is this... Is this the afterlife and she doesn't the know? No, and and no face are in no, the background yeah. jumping up and down. And like, no, no face is starting to like disappear. Or yeah, like and, become... and no face is almost like a product of he's like the, uh, uh, a friend who has bad influences. Like when he's in the bathhouse, he's a jerk and he's eating people. When he's with her or the witch, he's drinking tea, really quiet, really polite. Um, so he's almost like a product of his environment, environment wherever yeah. he is. It's just something about that scene. Like you have the any emotion you feel there is your own. It's not what he's trying to get you to feel because there's a blank slate characters and you're like, what is going on? But it's probably the most famous scene in the movie is her sitting next to No Face on the train. Yep. No context, no idea what's going on, but he added it for a reason because yeah. he makes you feel things <laughs> with with also, no objective. The the cinematography in this movie is. I think it's probably the most impressive cinematography of any Miyazaki movie. Um, that scene when she's uh, going to uh, going to see the the witch the first time, mm-hmm. and all the doors open up, boom, 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 yeah. boom, boom, down the hallway. And I was I was watching it, and like my film school nerdiness was like a frame within 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 a frame. It was like, Oh my Tells gosh. Exactly it's like, where to look. it's like looking down a, a, a hallway, like two mirrors next to each other. And you're just yeah. looking down an, a, an endless hallway. It was like, dude, this is absolutely gorgeous. It was, the that movie was beautiful. It was the best looking movie he's done. It like the, the background, uh, uh, and I know that earlier I said that uh, Howl's Moving Castle might I, I, be the that, most between those visually stars, stunning. Yeah. But well, when you said that, I was like, no, it's not. It's Spirited Away. I mean, <laughs> Spirited Away has the best cinematography in it. It, it. It's it's the best looking, but I still think that Howl's Moving Castle might be the most visually like stunning. Like, what did I like the castle moving around and well just just this, the way they draw clouds in all of these mm-hmm. yeah so crazy the clouds just just like it's so so cool castle in the sky the way they drew clouds yeah, in that one the, like yeah it's true it's yeah. oh man so um so Miyazaki's old he's getting up there in age he's like 70s yeah he's 70s. he's come out of retirement like three or four times so the the worry right now is that um, studio ghibli needs to carry on without him and they don't really know if they they have it in them to do it. Um, he's so, had he's had a problem getting new people in. And it, I, in I don't know if he's picky. Like he like he has said that my career is a complete accident. Like what do you mean? He's like I just don't feel like I'm as good as you guys say I am. Type of like he and he's an animator before he's a director before he's a producer. Um, so some of the things that they've tried to do as to do Ghibli is like let's 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 do video games. Let's uh, lend our art and our storytelling. I know he does games. manga and stuff. So they did the video game uh, Nino Kuni. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of this, but if you were to look it up, Nino Kuni, it is a Studio Ghibli movie. With, like the art in it, it's uh, RPG. It's almost like his take on Harry Potter. Hmm. There's a young boy in London. His name is Oliver. This happened to come out before Oliver was born. He may or may not be named after this character. I haven't ever confirmed that or not. Um, but you, there's really heavy themes right at the opening. This isn't a spoiler. Everybody knows this. I, maybe I'll, maybe you guys don't know, but it's a big part of the the movie is his mom dies, and he has to, the the whole the whole game may not happen. It may be 
the way that he's coping with it is getting lost in an Nino Kuni means another world. And it, it may be his way of coping with the death of his mother. Hmm. Um, it's a really touching game. It's really long. It's really beautiful. And there's a really special place in my heart because of that game. Um, I'm hoping that Ghibli does more stuff like this because uh, they, they, they're branching out and they, they may go out of business. They, they, there's a few times they've almost gone out of business. There, there's a lot of diehard fans that, yeah. that say, J- don't do anything. Just let, let, the, let it go. And that's your... But like that, I mean, yeah, like go out with your catalog or whatever. But that that would that'd be sad if nothing was ever made in that style again. Well, well, um, there's people that can they can use it as an inspiration. Yeah. but let his stuff stand. Like there's there's guys that he's worked with. They've they've gone and done their own studio. There's one called they made a movie called Mary and the Witch's Flower. It came out last year. It's on Netflix. You guys should watch it. It's really good. It's really good. Uh, it just looks like his style right there. Um, but anyway, my point of rambling is is if we were to uh, – this is a time capsule because most likely Ghibli might go under. Miyazaki might start making movies. So which was your favorite and which would you recommend to Troy because he hasn't seen him with her audience, a.k.a. Troy, to, to watch so we can wrap up? Uh, which, one, which one's my favorite? Yeah. Um I like all of like I can't say ones, but uh, I'm gonna go with Princess Mononoke. It was either that or Porco Rosso. Man, but Princess Mononoke. That's yeah. That's the- does it surprise you that my two movies that I was trying to decide between are the exact same as Scott's? Are they? <laughs> I think Princess Mononoke stuck with me the most. Yeah, I think it's the most poignant story. It's the most like quintessential fight between and it has and it has my favorite character and it has the best message i think to tell um but i think porco rosso i think captured me a little bit more as far as what i what i just love his confidence memorable he's awesome like also it sounded like michael keaton was half-assing it that's what and it still sounded that's what that i was about to say michael keaton could not have cared less about that job he he was just like whatever. But it, was played a pig's into the name? but it played Marco? into the character so yeah, Marco. well. Marco the pig. Yeah. Marco the pig. It played into his character so well, so well. What? Him him huh? not caring. What about you, Chris? Um, so my favorite easily is my neighbor Totoro, um, and I I feel like if you if we've convinced you to watch these, you, you have to change your mindset a little bit. You have to. You're not watching a Disney movie. You're watching a sweeping epic fantasy movie, something like that. Um, that was always something hard with me is like I'd put on a kid show and I could passively watch Toy Story. You know, with my, I have my phone in my hand. Do not passively watch Don't. a Miyazaki no. movie. <laughs> Don't. No, no, like Porco Rosso in, in particular, that that one could be a live action and be just as good. Well, not just as good, but it, 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 it would be a pretty good yeah. live action movie. Um but the, so Totoro is definitely my favorite cuz it it hit me really hard and I I got online and started looking up themes and stuff and like it's for kids but it probably resonated with me more than my kids. But who knows cuz they want to dress up like him for Halloween. Like Well, the, well obviously you want a deeper level cuz you understand yeah. things cuz I I I experience things almost from his dad's point of view where his dad looks at them and like what are they thinking? Yeah. That's what the movie's about. Um and Castle in the Sky, La Puta. <laughs> that Laputa, Laputa, um, that movie I just really, really like. Like, just in terms of it, because it's a, it's his movie. It's done in his style. 
there's not necessarily deep themes. It's just a really cool. Yeah, I love movie. it. Almost in uh, in almost all those movies, yeah. the person the the person that you meet in the first act is always opposite in the second act. Mm-hmm. So like um, in this one, the, the the pirates end up yeah not being bad, and then. Uh, and then in Mononoke, the uh, uh, Billy Bob's guy was good. In it. Yeah, yeah. So it's always, it, there's always that flip. I, I love his dual protagonists. Like mm-hmm. the, it's a man or a woman. Sometimes it's a woman and a woman. Um, they're not in love. They're not. They they treat each other the way you would a friend. Yeah. Uh, plutonic. There's um, maybe they're together, but that's totally on you. Yeah. To, to that's uh, Mononoke <laughs> and, and Ashitaka. Mm-hmm. Like there, there, there's another one uh, we haven't talked about is Ponyo. Yeah, is, uh, that, See, that one's Ponyo. Uh, Little Mermaid. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, his take on Little Mermaid, and, and they're five year olds, but they but they're uh, mm-hmm. they're kind of the the dual protagonists. Yeah, um, that, that that one was was pretty good. It's it's really good for kids. That, that's kids the one I'd recommend to you, Troy. Is no, not Ponyo, Castle in the Sky. Oh, Castle in the Sky. Yeah, um, it's I, to me, it's the most accessible as a Westerner who has never seen one of his movies before. If you go in with the attitude, it's this is definitely like, probably the best one to dip your toe. Yeah, in. this is this is like you're watching like uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark or something. It's cool. animated version. Mm-hmm. It's the only one that doesn't have. Uh, <coughs> It kind yeah it does have uh, I was about to say it's the only one that doesn't have like a touch of the supernatural to it um, except it does have magic rocks <laughs> but uh, well, well like, the, the the technology is the, the power behind technology is is deep magic in the rocks yeah basically. but like but like Porco Rosso everyone's human except for this guy who got turned into a pig somehow and he's this this they, like uh, never touch on it yeah, like, oh, he's yeah. Cursed. he just he just transformed no one into else a pig. Has, has been cur- is um, cursed like that and then, but then everything else is like hell's moving castle there's a fire demon that powers his castle yeah i think i, I, I watched this youtube video about how it's a lot of them are very follow like shinto <clears throat> beliefs where like everything has a spirit and so that's what they're interacting with is the tree's spirit or the yeah, and it's fantastic. Text, yeah. I think it's super cool. It's because that is a very different way of looking at it than Western. Because in Western culture, we have this. Um, I mean, in, especially in America, we have a very Christian values where there's there's one there's a single God mm-hmm. and all and, that and stuff. The earth, and, then, and the earth was here is here for us. Is here for, for us for them. It's everything's but connected. You you also have like ancient Western culture, like Greek and Romans, who have there's a God of war a god yeah. of uh life a god of night a god of so but in the shinto religion from the very very topical i'm gonna make an ass of myself uh from the very topical research that i did there's not really a god of death in the shinto religion there's Toyota not a god not of god of death the, the, i didn't want to really that that the 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 the, the symbolism behind some people's interpretation of my neighbor Totoro. But that, but that's is, the beauty of his movies is he wants you to interpret his movies. That's true. He wants you to you feel whatever in emotion the, in, insert emotion here. Right. In but in the in the Shinto there's no god of death, there's no god of war, there's no god of hate. There is there are spirits who the spirit of the mountain, the spirit of the forest, to the spirit of this tree. There's the spirit of this stuff, and then and nothing's above. Those the are the greater world. spirits, yeah. and then there's the lesser spirits, which are like 
goblins, but that's like what Totoro is. It's a guardian spirit of the tree. Mm-hmm. Totoro is a guardian spirit of this well, tree that Korok seeds or whatever. And oh, so, yeah. and so it's, and so it's, it's that way. And, and those, those were here first and those are ancient and the world is not here for us. The world is here. Um, we're here coexisting, coexisting with the world. And it's, so it's got these deeply Shinto, undertones and beliefs uh, intertwined into the story, which um, I think makes it a little exotic for us Westerners. And it makes it seem, it makes it seem like he's an environmentalist and stuff, but it's, that's just cultural. That's yeah. There you go. So, so I hope we sold you guys on something. Um, So I'll do anything once. I'll even watch anime and love it. (laughs) I love uh, this Miyazaki I loved it. stuff. I'd love to see you guys spiral down now. <laughs> like I was watching My Hero Academia. Yeah, that's, that's the most probably not going to happen. It's actually a really cool show. I'm, I'm, I, re- I bet it is. Really I've, like that show. I've 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 tried other anime shows and, mm-hmm. and it. I, I've, Maybe you need to uh, dip your toe in Miyazaki, and now you can. No, I can go down that <laughs> rabbit hole. Go down the rabbit hole. So there you go, audience and uh, Troy. Sorry, <laughs> like when when we first pitched this show, we were like, because he, he's so prolific, and then you're like, oh, but you can't you can't find his movies anywhere. Yeah. So uh, Scotty and I have access to a uh, Plex account that uh, may or may not have um, legally copied versions of these <laughs> movies on it, but uh, it's it's good stuff. I loved it. I I stamp of approval. I very 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 much encourage everyone to watch these Miyazaki movies. They're awesome. Sweet. Great. Cool. Um, thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for being part of this conversation with me. I loved it. I thought it was awesome. Um, please uh, get on social media. Let us know what you thought about our conversation about Miyazaki. Were we completely off base on some of the things? Did you agree with what we said? Let us know. We yeah, want to pr- hear We probably you. have like the base level of understanding that these conversations have been going on for 30 years. Yeah, and somebody right. else is like, Oh, you're only too. Oh, deep. you sweet summer children exactly. <laughs> talking about your stuff. Um, if you thought, if you thought this episode was good and you think, think we deserve it, go leave a little bit there in our, uh, in our Patreon account, uh, patreon.com slash, uh, cold Bowl podcast, uh, leave out the, uh, and, um, <laughs> Is there anything else? No, no, we're good. Special thanks to our sponsor, by the way. I don't think we mentioned them last week, and I kind of feel bad. But special thanks to you guys. Uh, it's been it's been awesome working with you. Um, if there's nothing else, then we'll love you guys, and we'll see you next week. Hey, Bye. Uh, let's go. Bye. Hey, let's go. Bye.